food bloggers. Hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger, including you, know that you are heard and supported. Anyone up for creating a new revenue stream for their blogging business? Yes. Okay. You need to listen to this episode. I have a Liam Smith with me. He is from Meal Pro app. I don't know if you've heard of this app, but it is amazing. I did not know anything about it. So I dug into all the details inside of this chat with him. We talked about why he started it, how to set it up, why you would want to provide your user with this sort of membership how you can earn money, the earning potential seems like it could be pretty big, and how this can create a little bit of a buffer between your business and all of those volatile changes that are happening in our space right now. I hope this episode inspires you to go check out the Meal Pro app. It sounds amazing. I'm going to check it out myself for my own food blog. This is episode number 406, sponsored by Rank IQ. Eat Blog Talk is here to support you at every stage of your food blogging journey to help you accelerate your blog's growth so you can achieve your freedom. We offer many services that will help get you on the right path no matter where you're at in your journey. Don't forget to check out our free discussion forum at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Go there to connect with like-minded peers, to learn and to grow, and to share any wins that you have. Our signature service is our mastermind program. We are currently accepting waitlist submissions for 2024. So if you want to get on the list for this year-long experience starting in January 2024, definitely do that now. If you are not quite ready for that investment, the Mini Minds program might be for you. It is a six-month program that will help you achieve your goals and overcome any obstacles that are holding you back. And if you're up for getting together in person with some like-minded food bloggers, consider coming to one of our in-person retreats in 2023. This is a great way to get to know your fellow food bloggers really well in an intimate setting to learn a ton about food blogging in a short time frame and to eat some delicious food that you will never forget. Go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash services to get all the information about all of our services. Liam Smith from the Meal Pro app has 10 plus years experience in tech working Fortune 500 companies and growing startups. Through a series of fortunate events, Liam was able to combine his passion for tech and desire to help people eat better to create the Meal Pro app, a platform helping food bloggers to launch their own memberships with their existing recipe content. Hello, Liam. Thank you so much for joining me on eBlog Talk. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks, Megan. Yeah, good to be here. Good to connect. Yes, I'm excited to talk about the Meal Pro app. But first, we would like to know if you have a fun fact to share about yourself. Yes, I do. So I suppose two parts of this. I, I asked my wife, because I know you like to ask you know, people a yeah. fun fact. I asked my wife and she turned to me dead serious and she said, um, Liam, I I don't think you have any. And I was just, I was mortified. <laughs> You're not fun. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, oh, thanks, charming. And then I spent a long time trying to think of one. You know, there's a few things maybe I don't know, but I suppose when I was young, when, when everyone else was getting hamsters and fluffy pets, I ended up getting a snake and, and two pet scorpions. Oh. So, you know, maybe that sort of explains how I ended up in the tech world and, you know, going down the slightly, <laughs> I don't know what sort of path you might call it, but. <laughs> oh my gosh. my So I have two boys and they always joke about like getting 
because I am not a snake person. I'm not a rodent person. No, thank you. So they're like, mom, we're going to get like tarantulas (laughs) and snakes. So that's right up your alley. That was me. Yeah, Yeah. right. Do you still house these sort of creatures or are you you done with that? I don't. I I sort of, I don't, I don't know. I don't like keeping things in tanks and cages anymore yeah. you know yeah I, I, I don't know I, I i love i love sort of you know watching the programs and when i am somewhere exotic trying to sort of lift up rocks that i probably shouldn't and have a look what's <laughs> there and stuff but uh <laughs> okay tell your wife that we did indeed uncover a fun fact so you are a fun person i will i'll, I'll send i'll make sure she listens to this yes that's so funny All right. Well, you are here to talk about how food bloggers can create a new revenue stream. This is something that is going to perk up everyone's ears because we are all looking for new revenue streams. And then you are suggesting this through your app called the Meal Pro app. So I want to hear about the app, but first I want to hear how you got to the point where you created the app. So talk about kind of your journey that led to the app. Yeah. So... I'm not a food blogger myself, although, you know, I've been around sort of the internet and, you know, blogging a little bit for, for many years, but I'm not a food blogger myself. I come from it from a slightly different perspective, more my background is in software and, and technology. So I'm also very passionate about what I eat and sort of using that as a fuel to, you know, feel better, whether that's fitness related or just general well-being. And, you know, having been working in London for a number of years, you know, the stress of commuting, working long hours and trying to eat well sort of adds up. And I ended up trying various things, you know, even using sort of virtual assistants, you know, humans based in India to sort of do my meal planning, a very sort of, you know, analog sort of way of doing it. And then I started developing meal planning apps for myself to solve a problem, again, just purely for myself. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the sort of mailbox delivery services maybe were a bit expensive or weren't always the best quality. So I, I looked at ways to sort of build my own application uh, never really trying to monetize it. And I wrote a few articles about it on sort of tech blogs. You know, Mind the Product is one which is sort of industry specific to what I do. And randomly, I did totally didn't expect it. I actually got contacted by a couple of, you know, food bloggers, I suppose, content, you know, moving into sort of the Instagram and TikTok creator space, you know, in terms of, in terms of the larger audiences as well. But yeah, a, a couple of food bloggers and a couple of sort of health coaches, and they're basically saying, can you build me an app just like this one that you've built uh-huh. for yourself? And I said, well, yeah, I can, but, you know, it's going to cost you like however many thousands, you know, the quote was like maybe $15,000, which it really is not a lot for a custom app build, by the way. But even that was like, you know, whoa, that's way too much. So I had a few conversations with people like that. Again, I don't know how they found this article. I think it was on like the fourth page of Google, one person told me when they, because, you know, it's not something they would normally search for, a blog they would normally be on. And... Eventually, I sort of came around to the idea of building this as a software as a service, like a basically we build the the, the software, we own the IP, but we allow people to use it as a white label software and just pay us a monthly subscription. So it's affordable for people who are, you know, you know, food bloggers and and content creators and coaches who don't have thousands. I don't want to spend thousands each month on, on an app. So it's accessible for them. But it means that we can also scale it and actually cover our cost as well. So, yeah, sort of ended up in this space sort of you know in a very indirect route but i'm you know i'm loving connecting with food bloggers uh, content creators everyone you know just learning so much about what's happening in the space and you know the good and the bad you know the, the sort of scary stuff with ai and stuff coming to get everyone <laughs> <laughs> coming to get everyone <laughs> watch out <laughs> yeah okay so that's so interesting so you really built this app 
based on your personal struggles. And then you were like, oh, people can actually benefit from this as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I suppose we sort of co-built it with with two food bloggers. So we built it around their needs. So we sort of built it like a custom application for them. But again, we would own the IP, which, you know, if you were building, if you're paying for a custom development project, you would get the IP, you would own the IP, intellectual property. So when I'm speaking to food bloggers now, I'm told that, it, you know, it works really well for you know, for, you know, for example, if you're using WordPress, if you're using WP Recipe Maker, if you're using all these other things, because of the journey we've been on to build it, building it with our customers. So, yeah, it's been it's been a really unique sort of experience getting to build it with someone as well. You don't always get that. I think it was so smart for you guys to bring two food bloggers on board to just learn from them. I mean, just from what you've said so far, you clearly know the terminology and the plugins and all of that. So tell us more about the app. We're all curious. I'm dying to know. Yeah. So I suppose yeah, at the heart of it, you know, what we do, what we provide is, is software. But really, I think a bit more than that is, I suppose, you know, why we're doing how, you know, how we're helping is we're helping sort of food bloggers, content creators, and, and some coaches to, like you said, to develop a new stream of income by repurposing existing content. So that's a big thing. I, you know, as you may know yourself, as I know you've got an online course, like having to create new content to develop a revenue stream is, especially if you're not doing it full time, you know, in terms of blogging as it is not a full time job of yours, it's very difficult. So really, the platform we've built allows you to repurpose the, the existing recipe catalog that you've already built upon your blog. You know, you might have some that hardly get any traffic and really aren't offering a lot in terms of ad revenue and things. You're able to repurpose that content and build a meal planning membership around it. So for example, you can import your recipes, add your branding to our software, so your logo, your colors and things like that. Then you can connect it up with your website. So typically you would use like a, a subscription plugin, like I don't know, MemberPress is a popular one. We have an integration with that. And yeah, you'd take payments on your website and then you you know, you'd import your recipes, add your branding, and you would pretty much have a a meal planning membership service you can offer to your customers ready, ready to go. And I maybe I am oversimplifying it a little bit, of course. You know, there's some complexity in the in the launch process, which I'm happy to talk about. But from a technical standpoint, there's not that much more. Like, you know, if you know, if we're importing recipes from WP Recipe Maker, for example, they offer a, an export and an import function. You can get this set up in you know in the space of an afternoon if you if you dedicate the right time to it. So remember, you are a tech guy, and you're talking to a lot of mostly <laughs> just not just mostly creative, mostly women. Some of us are tech. I am not, but some people in our area are are techie. So from that standpoint, do you still think it's a simple process? Not having a tech background. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to say. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the outside in, I suppose. I can only go on, I suppose, the feedback I get from customers. So we're working with a, a customer in, in South Africa right now who's just, just signed up. And they, they help busy mums, basically, and you know do some stuff with sort of specific around sort of gluten-free recipes as well. And in their own words, they are technophobes. <laughs> technophobes? That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And they've been able to, you know, so the, the sign-up process to actually create your app is literally just you fill in a form and you've got your app. And then it's, you know, click, upload your logo, ideal brand colors then it's just a case of sort of importing recipes which you can either do manually or you can we have an import from recipe so you can add a web you know your web link a link to a web page and import your recipe pull your recipe from there 
And again, that's that's as simple as entering a URL, clicking import. And yeah, there are there are some more involved things like um, you know if you want to do a bulk import from say WP Recipe Maker, then we can help with that from our support team. Connecting integrations, we can help with that, and we have help guides. So it's probably for someone who who doesn't have a tech background. Yes, maybe. It would take a, f- a few more hours sort of figuring things out. But, you know, I'm told our customer support is very good. Okay. But I would say that, of course. But, uh... <laughs> okay. No, that helps. Yeah. And I think one thing about food bloggers is that we figure things out. Like, that is what defines us. Like, we just keep going. And if we find a stumbling block, then we figure out a way to get over it. And we figure it out. So I don't think that is too much of a hurdle. I was just curious. I feel like WordPress itself can be more confusing. Yeah, exactly. If you can manage WordPress and figure all of that out, because it's not super intuitive the first time you go in or the first hundred times you go in. So yeah, then you're you're probably Yeah, it's way simpler. Yeah, Yeah, in my opinion. Okay, so this is... Now it's an app, so it's but it's something that we have to integrate on the back end of WordPress. Talk through that. Like, is it an app that users pull up on their phone, or they go to their like a, a web browser? Or how do they use this? So it's both, I suppose. So with your WordPress website, it's a website that you access through your web browser on any device. So we have a version that's exactly the same. So you can add your own domain to it. So it would, it would let's say I don't know, eat, eat blog talk. You could say if you launched one. Then you could you could you could launch it on a brand new domain, so you could pick up pick something else completely. I don't know my meal planning app dot com or something, or or you could do it on a subdomain like planner dot dot com. Okay. So then again, someone would just access your app exactly the same way they would access your website, and you just include it in your navigation or in a link or however you want to include it, exactly the same way. You know, like with I think you have a teachable course, don't you? And in exactly the same way that you would you would do that. Okay. So that's one way of doing it. And then we have a mobile app version, which is only available on a high, higher price plan because it takes a bit more work to set up and for us to maintain. But a mobile app version that is also white label and is, allows your brand to be published within the, the mobile app stores, you know, so Apple and Google. So people could, on their mobile, app, mobile devices, they could find you in the app stores and download your app onto, the, onto their phones themselves. So there's two options, and it really depends what stage you're at. And I think what we always say is, you know, start with the web app because it's, it's much simpler to get set up. And you can, like I said, maybe, yeah, I am oversimplifying it somewhat, but I've spoken to people who are very, like I said, maybe technophobic, but they can, they can generally figure out the, the web app with, with a little bit of support from our team and get launched with that. And then when they're ready and, and they're sort of, the numbers are growing as well in terms of the memberships, then we say, you know, maybe it's time to start thinking about the mobile app so people, if they are searching your brand in the app store, can find you there as well. And, and that offers a really, uh, another really sort of unique way to engage with people. If your, if your brand is on, on someone's mobile device and you're able to send them a push notification mm-hmm. when, like you publish a new meal plan or, or something like that, you know, again, it's it's such a powerful way to say, oh, hi, by the way, you know, remember me in the same way that a newsletter is a really powerful way to engage with people if it's sort of nurtured in the right way, sort of. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then you said just probably an initial investment of maybe a few hours of getting set up. And then is, do you have to set up the recipes one by one or how does that work? Yeah. So the first thing I'll say, and this is a sort of anti-pattern, or I don't know what you might call it, but when I speak to a lot of people, say we're doing a demo or an onboarding call or something, people would, let's say, you know, on, on your food blog, you've got 400 recipes, or some people have spoke to someone recently who has 2,000, and they said, they're under the impression they need to add every single one to be able to launch this membership. And we have a customer who launched last year 
who launched the 25 recipes on their membership and one meal plan. And they just continued to add more each week. And they they grew to over a thousand members. I'm not saying everyone's going to grow mm. to a thousand members, but you know, they did. And it's not like they have a huge social media following or anything like that, or a huge email list or anything like that. But they just continue to add more each week. And that also allows you to to then, you know, you send out an email, say, oh, new, new, new recipes published in the app or, you know, new, a new category. And it gives you an organic way to continue speaking to people, whether they're existing subscribers or people who might be interested in, you know, to continue talking to them. But yes, you can add, you can add recipes one by one. You can, do, you can import from your website uh, using the, the simple import function. We'll pull in most of the information. You can just check it and publish it. Or, you know, with WP Recipe Maker, we can, we can do a, a bulk import from your recipes and then you can just go through and just check the right and, and publish them one by one. So there's, yeah, a couple of options, really. I think that probably is the most time consuming part, which isn't mm. te- the most technically difficult. But I guess you want to just check it looks right and, and that you're sort of setting them up correctly. But yeah, we do most of the work in terms of the import for you. And then who is the user and how are they, you, how are you finding that they're using this content within the app? Yes, that's a that's a really good question. I think um, so. The user, I, I suppose, sort of zooming out a little bit, and this is something I find interesting again because I'm not from the the blogging world per se. Although again, you know, I've been sort of around the web for a while. It seems like not every food blogger, but a lot of food bloggers, especially sort of newer newer bloggers, I suppose, stop at sort of their email list in terms of you think about any ecosystem. You've got your website. You've got people coming from Google to your website. You've got maybe some ads running and you've got maybe an opt-in to get to, to get a newsletter. And that newsletter is really just used to drive people back to your website and maybe have a, you know some socials going as well. That's where a lot of people seem to stop. In terms of the user, the end user of a service like this, I guess it would be someone who may sign up to your newsletter, for example. So people come to your website because they're looking for a solution to their problem. They sign up for your web, uh, your newsletter because whatever freebie or opt-in you're offering them, maybe it's you know a mini masterclass or you know a free ebook or you know maybe it's a meal plan of sorts. They sign up because again they need a bit more help solving whatever problem that that you're offering that you provide a solution to. So the people that you know our customers, the you know the, the food bloggers and the creators who have been suc- most successful with this, they really get to know the problems of the people that come to their websites or to follow them on social media or sign up to their newsletter, they really get to know them well, or, you know, and maybe that's through creating a free Facebook group or, you know, just sending out surveys via the newsletter or socials and doing things like that. And they sort of build their memberships around that. So it could be, you know, helping people to, you know, to go plant-based or, you know, which is a, you know, and then they sort of talk about some of the common problems. So the user is, yeah, as I sort of said, is, is someone who's, who's interested, who, keeps coming back to you because they need help and perhaps they need a bit more help than they are getting from you know the free content they are pushing out there they want something that it, where it will be beneficial to get ongoing support if that sort of makes sense which is where the membership element comes in and that's where it can sort of add the most value for the end user and also then as you as the the the, the, the blogger you know you can also get the most out of it because people stay around as well okay if that sort of answers your question, I'm not sure. Yeah, no. So we are really tapping into our own audiences, solving really specific pain points for them, and then using the app as a way to deliver the solutions, as opposed to like you don't necessarily have an audience that you're help. You know what I mean? Like you're oh, right. giving us access yes. to. No, no. So yeah, so 
this is where we differ, I suppose, to, and maybe you'll talk a little bit about how, you know, how what we do is different and why we decided to make some of the decisions we did. So our product is completely white label. So if you wanted a, if you wanted to launch a membership for Pip and Ebby, say, then it would be, you would use our software, you'd add your branding and you would launch it for your audience, to your, to your readers, to your socials, etc. So you would leverage your audience. So that's what I was saying about, you know, reusing existing content in terms of your recipes. You're also leveraging your existing audience. So you've done the hard work building, a, you know, an engaged, right. loyal following and building up your recipe content. Now we're saying, well, here's some software that you can use. You can add your branding, combine those two things, your content and your audience solve a problem for them and offer it as a paid subscription and you know and it'll help them and it'll help you and that's sort of what we do so i suppose there are platforms like uh, whisk so whisk for creators where they they're saying you know add your recipes to our uh, to our network our, our sort of i guess the, our, their app their social media they're, they're almost talking about it like a social media for recipe content really now aren't they which i suppose is good in terms of helping you get found in another way for some bloggers i guess they look at it as just another thing to do (laughs) you know given that there's already tons of other things going on yeah but we're sort of saying the opposite because in my opinion the trend is that as a blogger it feels like you're getting less and less control because you know social media algorithms keep changing then you've got you know the constant changes in new features coming out you know instagram admitted fairly recently that they deprioritized you know traditional photo posts for some time and then you've got you know things like chat gpt and how is that going to impact traditional search and things like that and it's all these other factors you know google cookie apocalypse and all that stuff and it's like <laughs> well well we're actually saying you know if you you try and build out your own ecosystem so that you're not as reliant on all of these external traffic sources. So you work really hard to get people to your site or onto your newsletter or whatever, then leverage that and sort of keep them within your ecosystem, keep nurturing them and helping them. And we provide part of the, you know, part of that ecosystem in terms of the software that you can leverage in much the way, in much the same way that, you know, you, you might use ConvertKit or something for your email sending. People don't need to know that it's ConvertKit, but you use it and ConvertKit don't own your data. You still own your audience, et cetera. We're exactly the same. We say, use our software. You still have the relationship with your customers. It's all your content. You own that. We just own the IP to the software and you brand you brand it and all of that stuff. So I suppose that's how we're a bit different to how you know some of the other things in the market, yeah, I suppose. Good clarification. And then we're so if we're taking our own content that is already published on our site, are we just repackaging it in a way that's really different for the user? Or like can you give some examples about how other bloggers who are using this app are repackaging their content? Yeah. So a customer asked the same question. Yeah. How, you know, if, if they're getting the free content for free on my website, why, why, are they going to pay, why are they going to pay for it? And it's, yeah, again, what problem are you, are you solving for them? So you don't, again, it, how, how you package your membership comes back to you yeah, again. Yeah. So it could be something like, I don't know, in your case, I'm trying to think with Pip and Ebby, you know, in terms of the recipes that you sort of provide and the sort of the methods that you teach, it could be, you know, stress-free dinner times done for you. And how you do it is, that you would you'd say you know get get ad free access to all of our recipes add them to the meal planner and get auto generate shopping list that you take to the grocery stores done in you know meal planning done in 5 minutes dinner time done in you know with no stress or something like that so the the sort of the packaging is not saying okay well i'm going to change this recipe somehow or i'm going to create a whole load of new recipes it's saying that by combining 
your recipe content into something that allows people to chuck a load of recipes in for the week, generate a shopping list really quickly. And if they change servings or swap recipes, it automatically updates the shopping list and gives them something they can go shopping with. And then when it comes to cooking, they just go back in and just say, okay, I'm cooking this recipe and it's this many servings. I might even need to adjust it and adjust the ingredients and things. It just adds another level of support you can provide to them during the week as opposed to just giving them a you know one-off PDF. Um, so, for example, PDF content is, as, as you probably know, like it's difficult to customize. Okay. If you want to change the recipe, then your shop if you know if there's one recipe you don't like then the shopping list is automatically redundant unless you want to go through it so it's really about the with the way the way we see a lot of customer customers being successful with it is is providing that flexibility to their end you you know the end user to be able to use their recipes which they love because they follow them obviously and they trust the trust trust the blogger but in a way that allows them to yeah shape their week and and know that what they're going to be making fits whatever they're particular goals are whether that is because they want to eat more plant-based meals whether that is you know, yeah whatever it is hey food bloggers have you thought about working with a business coach but weren't sure if it was the right fit are you struggling to determine where to focus your time with your blogging business amidst all the different things clamoring for your attention a small and intimate retreat for food creators run by tastemaker conference is a business coaching opportunity compressed into a few days with like-minded people who understand what you do get help determining your business goals for the year ahead and what may be holding you back from them if you are looking for clarification on where to spend time and energy in your business or looking to form deep connections with others in the community who get it, this is the retreat for you. There are only eight spots available, so act fast if you're interested. This retreat takes place May 18th through 21st, 2023. It is an actual working event where you will accomplish big things. For more information and to grab your spot, go to eblogtalk.com forward slash resources, scroll down to the Tastemaker logo and find the orange button labeled Food Creators Retreat. So I can see this being really beneficial for bloggers who have more of that specific pain point that you talk about, like maybe someone just being introduced to a gluten-free diet or some specific diet that they need to follow and they're not quite sure how to do it. This could be like a roadmap to doing something like that or somebody who just really needs like healthy meal plans for the week or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a real mix, I'll be honest. Like we have some people who are quite specific. Like we have one person who comes more from a coaching place background and helps people with sort of anti-inflammatory sort of foods and, and, and diets and meal plans. And that's all sort of, sort of linked into MS and you know, multiple sclerosis and things like that. On the other end of the spectrum, we have people, like I said before, who, who help busy mums just eat slightly healthier meals mm-hmm. that are easy to prep, like not super specific, but just takes the stress out of what am I going to eat this week? And the way they do it is, you know, a popular way of doing it is, for example, you know, the, the meal plan, the, the the blogger would say publish an exact, you know, a sample meal plan each week and say, you know, here's a, here's a, a start of a 10. Have a look, see what you think. And if you want to change any recipes, then you do that. It takes a few clicks in the app, swap some recipes, change some servings, and it gives you a new shopping list. So it's sort of saying, you know, here's a new meal plan. Here's something to start with. So again, you're just helping people take the guesswork out of it. Okay. And that's really where I think a lot of the benefit is. But yeah, I think, yeah, the more specific, the, the more and the, the more sort of it goes into the coaching world, the more we see people charging for their memberships. But that comes at a cost to them because they spend a bit more time yeah. In terms of producing content. So it's a bit of a sliding scale. Okay. And then what is the earning potential? Earning potential? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could tell you that we have customers earning, I'm trying to think, 
probably $20,000 plus a month from their meal planning memberships. And we have customers earning, you know, less than a thousand and we have customers in between. Okay. And the earnings potential, I think, I mean, sky's the limit really, because one of the most powerful things about this, and again, back to how perhaps we're slightly different to a lot of the software in the market is that we've built this for scale. So one of the reasons back in the you know very first days when we speak to the food bloggers, we decided to build this and why they needed it is because there are lots of really good coaching tools out there, nutrition coaching tools. Like that clean life is such a nice piece of software, but it is built for people working one-on-one or working with small groups of people. If you want to try and help a thousand people, then you do need a tool that supports you in that. And that's that's how we built it. We built it where sort of your, you know, you publish meal plans and allow people to to create to, to customize themselves or to create their own as opposed to having to create individual meal plans for each person. So because of that, like I said, yeah, like you know, th- we have people with thousands and thousands of of members in their subscription. And it's not really much more work for them. You know, yes, they maybe hired a community manager for their, you know, they have a Facebook group. And they now spend a bit more money on their recipe content. But, you know, in terms of this, you know, the amount you have to invest to scale, it's really sort of minimal, which is, yeah, which has been great to see. Because, I mean, the platform itself is only probably, you know, 18, 20 months old. So it's quite a nice, yeah, journey to have witnessed. Okay. Wow. That's so cool. I just have it up, your website up, and I'm just looking through here. It looks really clean. Like the dashboard is really clean and easy to use. What kind of feedback have you guys gotten from the food bloggers who have been using it and then from their users? Yeah, so the first thing, like you said, is people like the simplicity of of the app. And I would say both as the food blogger setting it up, yes, don't get me wrong, there are some things where people need a little bit more handholding if they don't have a team or someone else, like maybe setting up a Zapier connection. But even that is becoming more and more common in the blogging world. But yeah, the, the clean interface is something that, people have commented on and we have left a lot of things out that people have asked for and what we tend to do is we leave things out and then if enough people ask for them we'll add them in just because we know every time we add something in it sort of creates that additional sort of mental load for 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 whether it's for the blogger creating the the meal plans and recipes or for the the end user who's having to think about what to do we just want to allow them to focus on the jobs in hand so yeah that's it and you know i'll I'll sort of dig us up for a little bit and then i'll talk about some of the, the, the not so you know the other parts that we're working on but you know i think i spoke to someone on a demo last week and her words were you've solved she was about to go down the route of getting a custom app developed and then she saw our platform she said after i showed her the demo she said you've solved every problem that i have at the moment so oh that feels good i bet (laughs) it really does yeah and that's what i was saying about having being able to build co-build it effectively with food bloggers and, and creators I think it's allowed us to build something that works well for that sort of for for, for the for, you know people like that. I think on the other side of things, you, you know, like I said, our platform is only 18, 20 months old, and you know we're, we're a bootstrapped startup. Um, we may well you know look to take on funding at some point one day, but you know we're we're a bootstrapped startup, so you know I feel a lot of the pains of of many other sort of small business owners listening to this. I imagine um, you know I imagine you can relate as well. But that's allowed us to sort of stay, you know, to focus purely on the customers rather than trying to, you know, get investment and all of that stuff like a lot of software startups, maybe in the future. But yeah, because of that, 
because we, we you know we're, we're relatively new there's you know we, there's tons of things we still want to do people ask us for stuff and we know it's a good idea and we, we are going to add stuff that we know will make whether that's the setup process easier like we're saying about you know removing the need to connect integrations once we do that you know it's it literally make the, the, the setup a breeze and that's what we want to get to and we will get there but it'll just take time and then there's other things that end users like being able to add comments to recipes or things like that or or notes and things like that as the end user i mean there's there's things like that there's, there's there are always going to be requests and we, we generally accommodate things from customers but ultimately you know we're a we're, we're a team you know we can only do so much at, at one point in time so yeah, so it's sort of trying to manage that feedback, keep people happy, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, this it's cool because you guys are solving food bloggers' problems, but you're also solving food bloggers' users' problems. So that has to feel really good. Yeah. It's like a win-win all around. Okay, so what else do you feel like food bloggers need to know about the app? So we've talked through like setup and how it's going to serve our users, kind of how it works on our site or on a mobile app. What else do we need to know? So I think when I speak to people on demos, I speak, or, or you know maybe even an onboarding call, but still a lot of people know that they want to diversify their income. They know that a membership will probably work well for them because of you know maybe they know a little bit about their their audience already. Maybe they already have the, like you said the recipe content and the the yeah, the following. And then people sort of they're not sure what to do next. Right. That seems to be the, the common theme. And I'm very, very much the same in very self-critical, overthinking things. And it's like, oh, well, you know, how do I know it's going to work? And I think ultimately we never know if it's going to work anything in life, do we? I suppose let's say we're starting a blog. I was listening to one of your recent episodes about, you know, setting up multiple blogs. It's like, you know, you never know until you try, but mm-hmm. just try. Like, what's the... But, you know, even based, you know, even that said, like, we recorded a masterclass recently with uh, with Taylor Stinson, the girl on Blah, and she talked us through the process of how, how she went about doing it. And I think the best way to get started, even before, you know, regardless of whether you use our solution or not, is just start to get to know your 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 audience a bit better if you're not already if, if you know if you're not speaking to them and understanding their problems you know whether that's through surveys just start doing that and then get a feel for what what you can help them with and put up a simple landing page like a i don't know it could be convert it could be your email provider it could be on wordpress using a you know a simple sort of um, pre-built page just something super simple so you know we're coming soon we're launching a, you know a, whether it's a meal planning membership to solve your xyz problem you know your dinner time stress or to help you manage your you know your your gluten-free lifestyle or whatever it is and then promote that to your audience and just get a feel for the sort of interest at that point and 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 again just keep having those regular conversations and it doesn't take tons of work like you don't have to have hundreds of conversations i mean five conversations would be plenty and i think that sort of that's a nice stepping stone between okay now i'm going to start adding stuff to the app and I'm going to do all of this stuff and I'm going to just test the water with a simple landing page, speak to a few people, get a bit of feedback, use that to update your landing page again and then launch something. Like I spoke to someone yesterday who just did that. They got 30 people super interested on their wait list already and they said, right, I'm ready to go. Let's go with the app. And now they're going through the onboarding process. So I would just say, yeah, not even related to the software itself, just Think about how can I how can I test the appetite for this simple landing page, promote it a little bit to your newsletter or socials or whatever, and get the appetite. So that's sort of an indirect way of answering your question, I think. But I feel like that's the most pertinent thing that I've been talking to people about recently. Yeah, 
Oh, that's great. You broke it down really well. And I'm just like tossing it around in my head right now. Like, oh my goodness, should I do this? (laughs) I don't have time. But, you know, I mean, if it is (laughs) what you said earlier really hit me like Google updates, Google algorithms, and now we have impending AI concerns. Are our searches going to be obsolete? Like all of that, there's so much. And then like, there's, yeah. We take Pinterest hits and we take, it's like we're just getting constantly punched down and punched down. So this would alleviate a lot of those concerns because we have control over this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, it seems to be that bloggers are getting punched more and more as well, yeah. like, you know, by the tech giants, which is, it's a double-edged, it's, for them, they need you as much as you need them right now. And it's already a trend that's happening. You know, Google Snippet, featured snippets, for example, are already, you know, increasing like no-click searches, you know, supposedly. You know, chatbots being introduced into into search could do that even more. Like you look at what, if you've seen what Microsoft Bing are doing, integrating with, AI, you know, AI-powered chatbots and things like that. And I agree. And I agree, whether it is meal planning memberships, of course, you know, that's something we can help with. But even just building out your ecosystem in terms of, you know, what, you know, what you offer to people, whether that is building a small community, whether that is, you know, having, you know, you know, online courses or a membership or both and just building that out progressively. Yeah, I think it's just a, there's a reason that it's becoming more of a talked about thing because I think it is more, more important to do now than ever. Yeah. Oh, you, you made a good case, Liam. I think that this will definitely be something that food bloggers want to hear more about. So is, is there anything else you want to cover about the app or just in general before we start saying goodbye? I would be curious to get your thoughts on something actually. And this is something that we're, we're also tying with and, I've not really talked about this publicly, but maybe this is a good opportunity. And, you know, I would love to hear if there is anyone listening who's interested, you know, I'll share my details, of course, and please do get in touch. And, but I've also, in, in the course of what we do, we, you know, most of our customers are food bloggers, content creators and things, but we also get people who come from the coaching world. And typically coaches don't have the back catalog of recipes that a lot of food bloggers have. And they say, oh, well, okay, I love your software, but can you give us the recipes as well? I'm like, well, no, because we don't provide the recipes. Food bloggers add their recipes. And then we speak to food bloggers. You know, I spe- you know, Two weeks ago, I think it was, I spoke to a food, food blog with 2,000 recipes on their blog. And they admitted themselves, like a lot of those, like spent a lot of time creating them. And a lot of those, those don't really offer much in terms of ROI right now. We are, you know, of course, you know, there are various factors that influence SEO and things. But And I sort of, you know, mooted the idea, well, we've got people who need recipes. And we have people who have tons of recipes on their blog and some of them aren't really being utilized. I'm like... Is there a way, you know, as a complementary service to what we already do to sort of broker that relationship between the food blogger and and the coach who needs the recipes? So someone can offer recipes as like a white label sort of, you know, here's here's 100 of my recipes as a food blogger. Here's 100 of my recipes that you can use, you know, within set guidelines. And then the coach will be able to use them and pay you. So you get paid up front for, for people using your recipes as opposed to things like Whisk, where you're sort of giving your recipes over and then you might get paid for them later down the line. That's how I understand the model works. Even with Google, you know, you get paid only when people click on them and things like that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But So the idea of like a, a sort of a recipe marketplace as well is something that's throw, flowing through my mind and something we're, we're sort of testing the idea for with food bloggers. But I would love to know if... You know, I'd love to hear your feedback initially, you know, and any major concerns, but I'd love to hear any feedback from people listening as well. Yeah. So would it be just one flat 
fee for each recipe or were you thinking that they would be given like a portion of the membership or how did how would that work the payment terms i'm thinking it would probably be so if you think about it separate to separate to the app a little bit so or you know let's say that you have i don't know 500 recipes maybe maybe 500 recipes on your blog and you say actually i'm going to take i've got 50 50 recipes that i i know that i'm happy for other people to use because they're not like flagship recipes they got lots of traffic or anything like that but if it's a certain niche and so it could be air fryer you know here's 50 air fryer recipes that you package up and you provide as a you know here are megan megan porter's 50 air fryer recipes and that's a bundle and maybe you offer that at 99 dollars. so every time someone buys that it's 99 dollars, and maybe we take 10 10 commission as a as a sort of broker and then the coach pays pays for the, the block of recipes you get 90% of the revenue or whatever it is and we get 10% as the sort of broker between the two services and then you could have other bloggers you know in the you know in the maybe it's the, the vegan niche or keto or or whatever it might be whole food I don't know all offering sort of bundles of recipes that you would purchase but it's sort of another way to sort of earn passive income on your recipe content is sort of the, the line I'm okay. thinking down but I don't know yeah I think that you would find food bloggers who would be up for that I know that a lot of Bloggers are very protective of their recipes and don't want them published anywhere else. But on the flip side, I know that there are also a lot of bloggers who really want to earn extra revenue and enjoy that part of it, like creating, doing the recipe development and all of that. So I think you would find both sides. I don't know. I mean, I can't say like percentage, but I've talked to food bloggers who are on both sides for sure. So I don't think that would be a problem to find food bloggers who would be up for a venture like that. I don't know if I would. I feel like I don't know that I would necessarily do it. Just I'm just at a weird place in my journey like I'm I've been blogging for so long. I I don't personally feel like I need that right now, but I can mm. see where at one point in my journey I would have been like, "Sure, I'll do that." Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I think this is sort of born out of like you said some some bloggers don't want to give over their recipes. And I, I totally agree and I think it's another thing that's sort of part of this whole discussion, not just around AI, but even before that. Like, the, you know, it's it, when I'm speaking to people, it's not necessarily that they want they don't want other people to use their recipes. It's that they don't want other people to use their recipes without their permission, because it's so easy to scrape the web now, isn't it? That mm. people just rip your recipes off, and you don't get any credit for it. Like recipe, there are recipe APIs that that scrape the web and give your recipes, sell your recipes effectively without ever giving you, right. um, you know. Yep anything back for it so this is sort of saying you know what actually take a bit again take more control you know offer some of your recipes and get paid for it but i don't know it's just a very early stage i'm just very curious to hear your thoughts on it again it's just sort of just from speaking to people just trying to solve that problem of you know how can we help bloggers get more control over their income really and and earn not quite passive nothing's perfectly passive is it really but no. um, you know, <laughs> without having to take on a, another job to to earn it sort of thing yeah well i think what you just said is a huge point a lot of food bloggers are on their way to monetizing and they're not there yet so mm. this would be a really good solution for them and you know you're outright purchasing the recipes for them like you said you're not scraping you're not stealing you're not taking you are offering compensation for the recipes so i think my opinion is that i think it would be great for a lot of people i think yeah it would be an amazing opportunity yeah okay, okay. yeah <laughs> 
but as I said, you know, you know, along with the app, yes, at the moment, what we do is we provide us we provide software that helps people launch meal planning memberships by repurposing content. But we have three or four other things that you know that we believe will help food bloggers and content creators to sort of again to sort of monetize without having to take on yeah another full-time job so right. you know we're excited about where where it goes yeah this is exciting i'm really excited for you guys and when did you launch this i'm curious yeah so i think we've been working on it for probably a couple of years but in terms of launching the actual the app that was from like early discussions you know with the, with the couple of food bloggers i talked about but in terms of launching it was sort of middle of 2021 so i think okay. like july or august 2021 so what's that like 20 months maybe yeah, amazing all right. Well, is there anything else we should know before we say goodbye, Liam? This has been a really great conversation. Not that I can think of. I hope I haven't waffled too much. Uh, <laughs> no, it was great. I think you provided everything we need to know to decide whether or not we want to get started. So thank you for joining me and for telling us about your amazing app. And I'm sure you'll get some people who go check you out. So yeah. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today? Yes, I do. Actually, I saw something pop up on, I think it was my LinkedIn feed the other day by the founder of Basecamp. If anyone uses Basecamp, uh, it's like a project manager yeah. uh, by Jason Fried. So it's it's really about what I was saying about understanding you know, your your readers and your followers sort of problems and sort of not being wedded to an idea. Yes, you know, by all means, ads may well be your primary source of revenue. But I think what he, what he said, you know, expectations are the, the enemy here in that they sort of limit the number of great landing spots and make the idealized one impossibly hard. So what he suggests is, is relaxing your expectations and, and sort of hundreds of positive po- possibilities will open up in the sense that, you know, go out there with an open mind, speak to people and see what sort of comes back and sort of see what happens, I suppose. And I think that's sort of the journey we've been on. We never expected, I never expected to to end up where I am, you know, two years ago, to be honest. So, and I think very much the same when I speak to people, food bloggers, it's very much the same. You know, people are on a journey. If they're, if, if this is the first time they're doing something in terms of trying to earn income that is not purely from ad revenue, it's, it's a new learning experience and it's, it's having to think about things slightly differently than just, you know, not just, but, you know, keyword research and then, you know, getting into Mediavine, AdThrive and then working your way to, you know, higher RPMs and all of that stuff. But yeah, sort of have an open mind and, and see where mm. it takes you, I think. I think that is the key to success right there, but so hard because we so often are yeah. like, this is what I want. This is my expectation. And if it doesn't happen, I'm not happy, but it actually does open up so much magic if you can just let the expectations go easier said than done though right <laughs> that's why i used it because i struggle with it. that's why i said it as a quote so no yeah, i love for me it as well as much. such a great one to end on thank you so we'll put together a show notes page for you and we'll put all of your app information in there you can go to eblogtalk.com forward slash meal pro app to find all of that and why don't you tell everyone liam where they can find you and get more information about the app and anything else you want to mention yeah, so if you're interested to learn more, please go to mealproapp.com. So mealproapp is all one word, mealproapp.com. Um, so yeah, you can you can you can learn a bit more about the software on there. From there, you can book a demo, or you can you can contact us via the form. I'm actually doing a lot of the demos at the moment. We're probably going to swap swap that out for a video. So yeah, if you're interested to speak to me and um, you know talk a bit more about your blog and you know how how you could monetize it through this stream, then yeah. By all means, go ahead, book a demo, and that'll be with me, at least for the next sort of month or so, I think. We also have a masterclass. So in the navigation, mealproapp.com, in the navigation 
if you click the masterclass link, you'll be able to get access to the video with Taylor Stinson, aka the girl on Blow, where Taylor and I talk through her journey from before she even heard about Meal Pro app through to doing surveys before launch, all the way through to to monetizing it. And you know, within about six weeks after launch, I think Taylor was at nearly two and a half thousand dollars in recurring revenue, which was a you know a whole new income stream for her. So yeah, that video in the masterclass video, you can get free access to that. Yeah, so by all means, go and have a watch of that, and 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 you know that'll give you an introduction to to how to take the next steps. I think. Amazing! Thank you so much. I hope that you get tons of traffic and <laughs> lots of interest in this, Liam. It looks like a really solid platform. So thank you for sharing everything you did today, and thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.